Moncrief on News Talk. Stuff that changed the world. The mobile phone. The internet changed the world. Penicillin, I would have thought. I would say sanitation. It changes everything. Simon Tierney joins us once again uh, to uh, talk about something that it's it's the cassette tape. Is it back a bit on kind of on the coattails of, of vinyl? It is, Sean. It uh, sales in, doubled last year, indeed, in the UK. Now, I imagine that's a pretty low base, though. That they, it is, yeah. in sure. So, one hundred fifty-seven thousand cassette tapes were bought last year in the UK. We don't have figures for Ireland. The most popular cassette tape to be bought last year was Lady Gaga's Chromatica. Okay. Her latest album, which came out last May, I believe. The album, I just checked there, it only runs to 43 minutes. But of course, one of the great things about cassette tapes is that they generally run to either 90 or 120 minutes. You can pack a lot onto a cassette tape. So when you buy that Lady Gaga tape, probably a lot of emptiness on it. Um, uh, yeah, but, they, it, 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 but probably not. That's just the duration of the tape and, and you flip it over. So it's just like a, it's a C45. Exactly. Yeah. Which is like it's a, a crap short one. one. It's yeah. a short one. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so they are... It, but as you say it's nothing compared to vinyl I mean there were almost 5 million vinyl records bought in the UK last year alone so this is but you know this could be the beginning of of a new revolution I know a lot of artists really enjoy the idea of cassette tapes because it kind of ties in with the idea of the concept album it's difficult to pinpoint a track it's much easier just to listen through because not unlike a CD or a streaming service or to some extent a vinyl record, it's, you know, you can you can mm. find the track you're yeah. looking for. Yeah. Um, but of course, the audio quality is never going to be... It's never great. Never, yeah. never, never great. Yeah, but that, that there hits. are huge positives to the cassette tape. And one of the biggest, uh, which we'll come to in a moment, is um, how we consume music in, in the car. So where did all this start? The immediate predecessors to the cassette tape, Sean, um, I suppose, were the 8-track and the reel-to-reel. Mm. Now, the 8-track is a funny one because I was just reading an article before I came in about how the 8-track transformed how that it made music mobile for the first time. Like, for example, the Ford Mustang, one of the most iconic cars in the world, from 1965, every Ford Mustang you bought came with a built-in 8-track player yeah. in it. Yeah. So they were, th- this was re- a really popular format. I remember for them in Ireland. I mean, I, I, the, the cars would have 8-tracks. Really? You know? yeah. yeah. There was like a big market in the centre of Ballinasloe and they'd sell 8-track uh, uh, players and the cassette, like they were big, massive, thick things. They were. Um, just to explain to the listeners, they were slightly thicker than a regular cassette tape, which, you know, the Philips one that we're used to. Um, larger, more vertical inclined, whereas the horizontal uh, cassette tape. And um, they were hardy and you could throw them around the car and they 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 survived but they were plagued with certain problems they were difficult to rewind there was certain uh, misalignment issues with mm. the heads sometimes you'd get what was known as crosstalk uh, and various they also um got infiltrated i went down a uh, I got into a warren of misinformation uh, information about this on Friday when I was researching this, but the porn industry sort of took over the 8-tracks at one point um, in the 70s. There was one particular 8-track cassette which was 
particularly popular in the 70s and it was called The Lustful Sex Life of a Perverted Ninfo Housewife. They used to sell that one at Ballinus Lowe as well. <laughs> I'd say they did. <laughs> say they did. Que- farmers queuing up for us, so they were. <laughs> but the, but, but the is, is this true or not? I always kind of assumed the 8-track, the audio quality on the 8-track was actually a bit better than the, than the cassette. I understand it was. Mm. I understand it was. So then it begs the question, why did the Philips cassette tape become so popular? So 1962, launched in 63 by Philips, the Dutch company. Um, They were the ones that... It's a bit like when we talked about the VHS versus... Um, Betamax yeah. on this on this very slot a couple of years ago, Sean. You know there were a number of different companies competing with different formats, and it happened to be Philips that came out on top with their cassette tape. And um, I think probably the reason why it was so popular is that it was very easy to record onto their format. So people, you know, like I remember this from the nineties, like I. I had a lot of cassette tapes. My first ever cassette tape that I owned was America's Least Wanted by um, Ugly Kid Joe. Uh, my brother got me in 1992. But everyone loved recording over tapes and you mm. could fiddle with the back of it and you could pull, uh, change the switch and you could record off the radio. So there's a whole kind of piracy element to it as well. Well, I mean, that, and that was... That was uh, like really probably changed things because for the first time you didn't you know you could buy a cassette and and you could record you could get music for free that's the first time it in is. history you could get music it, for free yeah it is the birth of music piracy in many ways um the cassette tape but um they were also easy to rewind easy to forward they were small they were very compact they're a good deal smaller than the the, uh, the than the um Eight track, as you mentioned a few a few moments ago, was a much thicker one. Um, so they came out on top. But the key thing that they did, Sean, and in many ways people thought they were mad when they did this at first in the late sixties, they took the patent off it, and they opened it up the oh. license, and they allowed Sony, first of all, over in Japan to to make their product, and they had enormous vision in Philips. They decided that. Okay, if we can get mass adoption of this product, then ultimately, yeah, it's going to benefit others, but it's also going to massively benefit us. And that's the decision that Philips made. And that's one of the reasons why why it, it came out on top. So how did it work? I mean, it's one of those things that you look at every music format, whether it's a record player or uh, a CD, and you think, how on earth does this piece of plastic and tape produce music Mm. and it works through the principle of electromagnetism so that tape that you get in uh, a 90 minute cassette that's actually 135 meters long now anyone who's played a cassette tape will have the horrible experience of your car (laughs) eating your tape and then you pull it out and there's just tape everywhere I remember trying to sellotape bits of tape together when I was a kid and then you'd hear the kind of the, the seam <laughs> as you played it back. Um, so they're 135 metres in length, which is the same height as the Great, Giza, uh, the Great Pyramid of Giza. <laughs> but of course, it's incredibly thin, Sean. And this tape, this plastic th- tape, which is on the two spools, is coated in ferric oxide powder. And when this powder is exposed to the magnetic field, which of course the tape player um, 
switches on essentially with the the electricity or battery power the tape becomes magnetized and absorbs information and there therefore it's able to record the sound so that's that's what's happening with a tape um no patent the first albums is an interesting one so when uh the when phillips first came out with this cassette tape their initial idea was that it was going to be used for audio storage so that could be you know taking dictations at meetings and things like that and they subsequently realized that they were onto a good thing when they realized that the music industry might be interested mercury records 1966 they were the first record company to issue albums on cassette tape they issued 49 albums in that year uh nina simone james brown jerry jerry lee lewis four seasons uh johnny mathis various other um artists so yeah it was uh it was a game changer yeah now people of a certain age will remember sitting you know having having one of those kind of radio cassette decks and you'd be sitting there with your finger on the pause yes, button ready yeah. waiting for some song you yeah. like to come on <laughs> so you could record that and not get the, the chatter in between but uh, but there was like a, a huge problem with piracy because you know there were all sorts of parts of the world where it wasn't regulated and you could all buy all sorts of knockoff stuff oh massive massive it, it's like what the dvd market became many many years later so one of the brilliant areas where the tape prospered and for very good reasons in many ways was in the Soviet Union. Um, anyone who mm. was lucky enough or, or unlucky enough to visit the USSR pre-91 will be aware that there was a lot of cassette tapes, pirate cassette tapes. It was a way for, it was a way for, to circumnav- uh, circumnavigate the state record company because they only issued state approved music of course and people had access and the GDR as well, you know, people always had access to illegal television stations and music channels. And this was a way of getting that music onto a format that you could then distribute in a kind of a wonderfully colourful under mm. underworld and uh, subculture of those countries. Uh, now, because you did mention that about the eight track became, you know, was standard in cars for years. I, I would imagine something similar then must have happened as regards the cassette, because then suddenly all cars had cassette players and that was a game changer as far as record companies were concerned. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, there, there was the 8-track player, but there was also the Highway Hi-Fi, um, which was an in-car, in-car record player. Chrysler, the car joint, they brought out a car record player in the uh, <laughs> in the 19, 1956. Sounds very practical. Now, it didn't take a 12-inch. It took a 7-inch, which was right. particularly heavy. But of course, the problem was that every time the side came to an end as you were driving down the highway you had to lift the needle (laughs) flip it over or find another record delicately put it back on move the arm back out put the needle down and while, not crash and yeah. not crash the car while you were at it <laughs> that's so, brilliant so eventually Philips brought out their first in-car cassette player the RN582 in 1968 huge success Sean the ability to very cheaply and easily play music in your car and I should mention you know the thing like I remember just you know millions of tapes lying around the bottom of the car and they were easy to keep in the glove box mm. and they were they were hardy things they weren't like CDs where you had to delicate delicately hold them or indeed vinyl you could kind of throw them around the place of course as i said before everyone had the experience of it eating your 
cassette tape and then you'd have to pull those 135 metres out oh, of your car nightmare, deck. Yeah. <laughs> uh, plus also a lot of people go, why does this CD sound like it's being sung underneath the ocean? Yes. And then finding out there was a thing called a head cleaner where you'd actually have to look after it a bit. Uh, uh, Lauren says, how can cassettes be coming back? Surely the only reason to have a hard copy of any album is for the artwork and the whole collector thing. In that case, you're always going to choose the vinyl. It just looks that way nicer. Well, indeed, because, you know, it's where the artwork comes into its own. Siobhan says, uh, cassettes were great. I don't know if this makes any sense to anyone else, but there was something so ergonomic about them. A nice size, a lovely click when you put them into the old ghetto blaster. Uh, I love them. Graham says, anything that hastens the return of the album is fine by me. I think streaming culture has really harmed the quality of music now. Uh, Musicians think primarily of one-off hits rather than a long interwoven project. Well, I suppose vinyl is doing that as well because that makes the difference if you listen to a whole album now. Yeah, and I I think your first texter there, Sean, we shouldn't forget that like vinyl is still very, very expensive. Um, If you're buying a new album, on vinyl. Hey, it's a beautiful product. It's a beautiful object. But a cassette tape is always going to be a lot more che- is going to be a lot cheaper because it's, yeah, it's much true. smaller, it's much easier to make, etc. Yeah, indeed. Uh, uh, I have I have a never used digital cassette tape, uh, which is incompatible with uh, regular cassettes. Oh, yeah, you're you're they they came in, uh, and went very quickly. Those little digital uh, cassette tapes. Uh, Dermot says I can still hear myself shouting at Dave Fanning's to stop talking, so I could tape the Fab Fifty off the radio at Christmas. <laughs> uh, HP pencils were great to wind them back up. That's true. That they were good, for, great for that. Uh, I, ah, the whole tape rewinding. A rather time-consuming activity, perfect to pass the time during algebra class. I used to own the perfect pencil, not perfect for its writing ability, but for its diameter that would fit into the holes in the tape, allowing for effortless rewinding. Those were the days. And uh, Jordan says, uh, uh, the stuff the da had, a triumph estate, will not dash, leather seats with an eight-track built in. We had three cassettes for it, all Simon and Garfunkel, which was grand, but slightly limited. Sound quality was excellent compared to C 90 cassettes. Happy memories. Wow, her dad was cool. Thanks to me and Simon as Moncrief on News Talk.